Hello, beloveds. What an honor to be here on this day as we commemorate and remember and honor the life of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. First, I must thank Pastors Ian and Clover, Pastor Clover, for this awesome opportunity to come to be with my Montview family. Uh, we've been rolling together for quite some time, so this is a very special moment for me. Uh, greetings to all of the leadership, the officers and members and friends and all those far and wide. I greet you with the joy of Jesus. Let us pray. God, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for this opportunity to gather to expound upon your word, a word that is going to transform and liberate and deliver us, a word that'll draw us closer to you. Lord, have your way, speak to me and through me so that your word may reach your people and we might go forth doing the work that you have called us to do. It is in Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right. Well, this is truly, truly uh, a moment for me, uh, this sacred moment to come before you and to preach this sacred word, honoring the life of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. But not only will we honor the life of the late Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, I cannot stand before you without lifting up and honoring those women who were before him, beside him, behind him, uh, women that I can't name everyone, but the likes of the late Rosa Parks, uh, the likes of Anna Arnold Hedgeman, who was the first black woman to be appointed uh, to a cabinet um, in New York City, in Harlem, uh, under the mayor Robert F. Wagner from my hometown. I also have to name uh, Paulie Murray, who was the first Black woman to be ordained an Episcopal priest. Those are women and countless others that helped plan the March on Washington, and they did so many other things and often go unnamed in our history books. And in our history books, we are grateful because the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King stood in Montview Presbyterian, well, actually outside of, because there were so many people who attended. In January of 1964, there was like a three-day tour uh, for Martin Luther King to really talk about doing justice and doing uh, justice in a non-violent way. So he came to Montview and I don't think that that was an accident because Montview has been doing social justice work since the early 1900s. Uh, so Montview has been a pillar of the Park Hill community, has been a pillar of doing justice work. So it was no accident that the late Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King found himself in this place uh, honoring the lives of those who continue to fight for justice. So with that, uh, we can't uh, go through this moment without remembering the circumstances under which Martin Luther King had to preach. Uh, not only did he have to prepare for 3,000 people, but he was locked in a cloakroom for quite some time and had to be rescued via ladder. So 
um, and then go forth to preach. So, and preach unapologetically and authentically and still come with power after that. I can't imagine being locked in a room, let alone being locked in a room without a cell phone. <laughs> and the closest thing I came to having an embarrassing moment at Montview was when I thought I was being cute, had on some heels and walked down the steps and took a little slip. Luckily I had a change of shoes in my bag. So, but at least it wasn't in front of 3000 people. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So on today, we are going to focus on Micah 6 and 8. The New Revised, Stan New Revised Standard reads, God has told you, O mortal, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Do justice love mercy or love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. The New International Version commentary breaks down these words for us to concretize them, to give us something to go forth with, to a firm foundation to stand upon as we are responding to this question. Please note that there is the redactors uh, put a question mark here. And I think that that question mark is quite intentional for us. It causes us to pause and reflect on what are we doing to do justice, love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. The New, the new International Version says that good means what is right in God's eyes. God is the source of all goodness. So it does not depend on how I think of you, whether you are good or bad, because oftentimes, and unfortunately, when we don't understand something or someone looks different from us or someone does is not in the same class, economic class as us, we may think that they are bad or wrong. And here the scripture is clearly telling us that God, the goodness is what God is, not of our own judgment. Mercy this passionate, undeserved loyalty is a defining quality of God's character. Those who know God will act the same way toward others. So this mercy, you don't have to do anything to get my love and to receive my mercy, to receive my honor, to receive dignity that works both ways. This mercy is not doesn't have a prerequisite. It's because you are a child of God. God, you are a human being, and we are not one to say who is a child of God and who isn't. So we are to treat all and to treat others with mercy. Not in some form of unfair and manipulative and oppressive ways. To walk humbly. Humbly must characterize God's people. One must not live with a spirit of arrogance of special privilege. They must be humble and reverently fear God. God desires us to be in an ongoing intimate relationship with God that transforms the way how we relate to other people, how we engage with other people, with another. What are we doing about our children in cages? What are we doing about the unjust murders of Breonna Taylor, Sandra Bland, 
George Floyd and the list goes on and on. What have we done? What have we said? How have we responded to these heinous ills when, when the laws that govern this country says that I have an inalienable right to live? It doesn't say if I am a particular color or a particular class or status, I am afforded an inalienable right to live and that has been taken away from black, brown, indigenous first nation people of color. <sighs> Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King says, it's not enough to say we love black people or brown people or our First Nation indigenous people. We have many black friends. They, white supremacists, must demand justice for black people. Love that does not satisfy justice is no love at all. Love that does not satisfy justice is no love at all. It is merely a sentimental affection little more than what one would feel for a pet. And we love our pets, no shade there. And we are required to see and love human beings beyond measure. I think that is what the scripture is telling us, to love the trees and the air and the ground that we walk on unconditionally, the animals, the birds that fly, and the human beings that walk among us. Love at its best is justice concretized, right? It gives us some substance. Love gives us some substance to do justice to see the love in someone else and seeing an unjust act happening. What am I doing to respond to my beloved? What is needed is a realization that power without love is reckless, abusive, and that love without power is sentimental and anemic. Power at its best is love implementing the demands of justice. Justice at its best is love correcting anything that stands against love. Love thy neighbor as I love myself. And if I don't love myself, then I'm, I'm given the opportunity through God's word to do the work necessary to love myself, to be humble, to walk humbly before God, knowing that God is my creator, my sustainer, my deliverer, my transformer, my protector, my provider. And all of those things, if we're made in the image and likeness of God, beloved, then we must, we are called to do the same for our beloveds. We are called to do the same for those who are unjustly incarcerated. We are called to do the same for our unhoused neighbors. We are called to do the same for those who are in living in impoverished communities by in no faults of their own. We are called to improve our education system um, unapologetically, uh, in, uh, authentically, powerfully, speaking truth to power, making sure that all of our children are educated at an excellent level. Ah, power without love is reckless and abusive. We have been through a tough couple of weeks, beloved. And the recklessness and the abuse that we, we witnessed in 2021 was hurtful, demeaning, degrading, 
patriarchal, disrespectful. And here in Micah, the prophet is telling us, y'all know what to do? Didn't the Lord say what I require of you is to do justice, love kindness, and to walk humbly with God? Some scholars would say that the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King's foundation is there is no real commitment to God in the absence of social responsibility for community. How can we love God and not love our neighbor? How can we serve God and not serve our neighbor in humility? What is needed is a re this realization that power without love is reckless. It's abusive. So we are called to create a land that has never been yet. In Langston Hughes' poem, Let America Be Great, we are seeing, and he says, that we are living in a world that has yet to become, living in a nation that has yet to become what we desire it to be. So my beloveds, where do we go from here? We become co-creators. We create a nation that is full of unity and love. We create a nation where those with privilege or white supremacy culture are tearing down those strongholds, tearing down those oppressive forces, tearing down those things that degrade and demean another, while others are building up this just egalitarian society. And when we do both and we work together to do this, then we will be in an America, an America that welcomes the poor, provides for the poor, feeds the hungry, clothes the naked, where justice is righteous. Fighting for justice is righteous. We will live in an America that's land of the free and home of the brave. All of that looks good on paper, beloved. But in reality, when we look at it, it's not happening. We have not concretized it. We have not brought it to fruition. So where do we go from here? Beloved, we come together like the African proverb, I am because you are, you are, therefore I am. A person is a person because of persons. That means our souls and, and our being is inextricably bound as Desmond Tutu says. Where do we go from here? Whether it's the boardroom, the living room, the capital, we speak truth to power when we know that an injustice is happening across this nation. We speak up just like we, some of us vote, most of us vote. Our one vote, vote counts, our voices count. When we speak truth to power in our own spaces, and if everybody does that, then collectively, we are sending the same message across, above and beyond. Dignity doesn't happen one way, it's reciprocal. Love is reciprocal. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. So on this day, as we honor the life of the late Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, 
do justice, love mercy, and let us walk together humbly with our God. God bless you.